Hello, and welcome to the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma, TraumaCast series. I'm your host, Dr. Babak Sarani, Associate Professor of Surgery at the George Washington University Hospital. Joining us today is Dr. Adel Hader, Associate Professor of Surgery at the Johns Hopkins Medical Center. Dr. Hader published an article titled, Association Between Hospitals Caring for a Disproportionately High Percentage of Minority Trauma Patients and Mortality in the September 2011 issue of the Archives of Surgery. In brief, the study evaluated over 310,000 patient admissions and found that a trauma patient's odds of in-hospital death are directly associated with a proportion of minority trauma patients treated at a facility, irrespective of the facility's trauma level designation. We will be discussing this paper and possible reasons underlying the findings with Dr. Hader today. Let's start by asking you to briefly summarize the study design and methodology used. So what we wanted to do in this study was to understand if where you got treated for trauma care uh, does that make a difference in your outcome? And what we were specifically looking at was, uh, does the percentage of minority patients in a hospital make a difference? And we were interested in this because there are many other studies that show that if you go to a hospital that has a high proportion of uh, minority patients, and by minority I specifically mean uh, black patients and Hispanic patients, those uh, patients, hospitals that have a high proportion uh, end up doing worse for cancer care and some other outcomes. And we wanted to see if this was also would hold true in trauma. And the place we wanted to look was the National Trauma Data Bank. It, of course, is the biggest uh, collection of trauma patients. And uh, what we looked at are patients who had significant injury um, with an injury severity score of nine and above. So first we took all the patients in the National Trauma Data Bank from 2007 to 2008, and we chose 2007 and 2008 because th those were the years where the data in the NTDB, as we like to call the National Trauma Data Bank, had improved significantly. And so we looked at those years, and the first thing we did is to uh, break out the patients into three groups of patients. The first group of patients were patients who were treated at predominantly majority hospitals, or a better way to call it would be a predominantly white hospital. So these are hospitals that have um, at least 50% or more white patients. So that's the first group. The second group are the hospitals that have between 25% and 50% minority patients. And then the um, third group was hospitals that have more than 50% minority patients. So then you could call them predominantly minority hospitals. So these were the three groups of patients we studied. Uh, and uh, we used um, uh, some multiple logistic regression uh, and some other um, uh, statistical techniques, um, uh, such as uh, uh, generalized linear modeling, to determine if uh, a patient goes to any of, any of these three types of hospitals, does that patient's outcome differ based on where that patient is treated? So once you had your data set together, you actually uh, analyzed your results in a variety of different ways. You looked at the results based on hospital pair mix, uh, the predominant race of patients admitted to the hospital, the patient's insurance status, which I guess is separate than the hospital pair mix, and the patient's minority status. So kind of address that and what did you find? So what we looked at really was to see that if, if you were a similarly injured patient, 
and so you're patient A, B, and C, and patient A is similarly injured to patient B and C, and patient A goes to hospital uh, with mostly white patients, that patient uh, seems to do better than patients who went to a hospital with about 25 to 50% minority patients. And in fact, specifically, the odds of death increase by about 16% if you go to a hospital which, with, which has about 25 to 50% minority patients. And if you go to a hospital with more than 50% minority patients, turns out that your chance of death goes up by about, or your odds of death goes up by about 37%. So just to recap, similarly injured patients, patient A and patient C are similarly injured, uh, but if they, but if patient A goes to hosp- this majority hospital where mostly they're white patients, that person's survival is significantly better than if that patient went to a hospital with uh, mostly minority patients. And that's looking at the outcomes based on the type of hospital. Did it matter if the patient? was insured or not insured. So in other words, I'm a Caucasian guy. I go to a minority hospital. I have a lot of insurance. Will I do better than my next door neighbor who is a, in the same minority hospital but doesn't have much insurance? Oh, that was very interesting uh, in this study. Uh, what we found was is that, you know, it didn't matter what your race was. So if you're white, black, or Hispanic, it didn't matter uh, if you went to the hospital A, hospital B, or hospital C, you had the same experience. Um, it's just that anybody, a white person going to a majority uh, hospital or a black person going to majority hospital, they all had the same outcomes. But insurance really did make a difference across the board. So if you were uninsured and you go to a hospital, uh, you end up having worse outcomes, which was very interesting. So race in this instance didn't make a difference, but having insurance made a significant difference. And has that been reported elsewhere that having insurance or someone's socioeconomic status actually impacts on their mortality um, almost irrespective of the type of hospital they go to. Yeah, you know, so this is really the reason why we did this study. Uh, You know, uh, in the same journal, Archives of Surgery, in 2008, uh, we, uh, our group published a study looking at the impact of race and insurance on outcomes. And that was uh, a surprise to many Uh, And then uh, I'm happy to report that many people have since corroborated this, that, you know, even for trauma care, when we thought that trauma would probably be be immune to any biases due to race or any differences due to insurance or socioeconomic class, it was found by us and several others that, no, actually, in trauma, if uh, you don't have insurance, you end up having a worse outcomes, a worse outcome. Um, and this was specifically specifically for survival. And, you know, ever since we published that, and many people have published it since, uh, we're trying to figure out what are the real underlying mechanisms why this occurs. I mean, what is it that, um, you know, makes this difference? Is it their difference in uh, how ill or not ill patients are to begin with, so comorbid conditions? Uh, is it that the patients who don't have insurance end up going to hospitals which don't have that good outcomes? And that's why we did this study, because we were trying to look at the impact of, the, of where patients are treated, and, is it, and if it's possible that um, minority patients and uninsured patients end up going to hospitals that have worse outcomes, and that in itself is one of the major reasons why um, uh, minority patients and uninsured patients on a whole 
have worse outcomes. So were you able to actually answer that question because your study did not collect comorbid conditions, right? It's a retrospective NTTB study. No, that's very important. Uh, however, what we did in this study, uh, which was uh, uh, specifically to look at that problem, was is that we also looked at a subset analysis of patients who are 18 to 40 years of age. Now, we know trauma patients who are 18 to 40 years of age do not have that many comorbid conditions. And so we did this sensitivity analysis, and on that, in that age group as well that doesn't usually have comorbidities, uh, the outcome is very similar, that we found exactly the same results. So that's why we were very, uh, we, we think that comorbid conditions are not the real explanation of this, and that uh, the, you know, the odds ratios and all the other numbers that we found were so significant that I really do think that there is something here and that where you get treated after trauma uh, impacts your survival. And that a lot of minority patients and uninsured patients get treated at specific centers um, which you know, uh, have worse outcomes. And, and that's kind of the point that I got from this paper. I, I really must say, I, it took me a while to read this paper because there's so much information in it, but if one takes the time to read it, it is a fascinating paper. The paper basically suggests that it is not the patient's comorbid conditions for lack of insurance, et cetera. It's the hospital center or the system that matters. And that made me wonder then, is it the fact that the minority hospitals are dealing mostly with an indigent population and therefore just don't have the resources and infrastructure to take care of, frankly, anybody? Well, I, I think you hit the nail right on its head. Uh, we know, not from this study, but from many studies done by other very esteemed uh, authors, that not all trauma centers are equal. We all remember that butterfly graph, which shows that you know, 200 trauma centers laid out, and the uh, uh, and the survival of a similar patient is pretty much across the board at these trauma centers. And of course, now TQIP and the American College of Surgeons, we're all trying to really improves the, the, you know, I mean, trauma care is great. I'm not saying it's not great, but I'm saying that there are some, not all trauma centers are equal. And it seems to me that y there are centers that are in difficult situations, um, don't have a lot of resources, don't have a lot of insured patients. Uh, they end up not being able to really invest in capital and in infrastructure and in staff. And that leads them to not be able to perform as well. And that may be one of the big drivers of disparities. And uh, it, this is not only the issue in trauma. This has been shown in other diseases as well, especially cancer, that you know, um, hospitals which have a lot of uh, you know, financial threat to them, they can't invest in quality improvement and so on. And so they get into this vicious cycle that they, they can't improve themselves and then people don't wanna go there and uh, you end up getting into the cycle where the hospital quality gets worse and worse and worse. And in fact, you found that the majority of uh, minority hospitals were both level one trauma centers and academic teaching centers, both of which should be independent predictors of improved outcome. Um, but it kind of gets back to the point I guess you're raising in that not all level one trauma centers are created equal and not all teaching programs are uh, created equal. And even having the two together doesn't necessarily guarantee a, a good outcome relative to a non-teaching uh, non-trauma majority hospital? Well, I'd like to draw your attention to one uh, very uh, interesting thing we found, and it's actually figure two in the paper. And if you look at that, it'll show you that for the predominantly white hospitals, if you look at the percentage of patients who have insurance, it's about 60% patients have private insurance, 
and another 20% have some sort of government insurance. So about 80% of patients are insured. And we know that about 25% of patients across the country are typically insured for trauma. But if you look at the predominantly minority hospital, that number just completely flips on top of, it, on top of its head. Almost 50% of the patients at these predominantly minority hospitals are uninsured. So look at the difficulty that those hospitals uh, are working with. So, I mean, I'm sitting here in, in, at Johns Hopkins, and I'm saying, oh, look at those hospitals. They're not performing as well. But I really shouldn't be saying that. I should be seeing that, oh, my God, they're able to perform at all with the difficulty that they have. And that's why what this study's real take-home message is, is that, you know, these are hospitals which are doing a difficult job and are very obviously under-resourced because half of their patients uh, don't have the money to pay for things. And we need to do things to support those hospitals. In your discussion section, one of the points that you raise is that Hospitals tasked with a difficult challenge of providing care to greater number of low-income, uninsured patients are not sufficiently financed to invest in quality of care improvement initiatives, which is kind of what we've been talking about. But how do we know that the problem here is lack of performance improvement PI? It could be lack of anything. Or do you just use the term PI as, as an all-encompassing term for all things that trauma centers do that they need to audit for? I would agree with the latter. Uh, I, I don't mean just quality improvement that we could, you know, somehow track and by hire a couple of quality assurance nurses and then all of a sudden improve outcome. I'm talking about real investment in staff. I'm talking about real investment in developing, for example, acute care surgical services, having eight surgeons in-house and so on. I'm talking about technical investment, 64-slice CT scanners. I'm talking about, I mean, sorry, capital investment, 64-slice CT scanners. I'm talking about the whole thing. And um, what we really need to do is, is try to understand where is the problem. So what we need to figure out is, is that we need to look at these hospitals. And I think this is a great opportunity because now that we've kind of understood that there are these great places of opportunity where we could get a great bang for our buck, that these are places that have worse outcomes, they treat most of them, a lot of minority and uninsured patients. So if we invest resources there, then we'd be able to you know, really improve these disparities that we see in trauma outcomes. And I think instead of just uh, going and trying to figure out what's the way to do it, the, what we really need to do is kind of take some time, just a small amount of time, and really study what are the problems. Is it really human factors problems that we don't have the best, uh, that we need better staff or extra staff? Is that what the issue is, that, they're un that they don't have enough people? Or is it really capital? Well, yeah, that kind of alludes to the <clears throat> patient demographics in the minority hospital. So although you controlled for injury severity and, and reported it out, ISS is not a good way to de uh, measure degree of injury between penetrating and blunt patients. And as one might predict, I suppose, the minority hospitals tend to be, have much more penetrating than the majority hospitals. So there is, there is a lot of still, I guess, noise in the signal. Well, we uh, did another sensitivity analysis looking at blunt trauma patients only. Uh, and taking out all of those penetrating trauma patients, because, of course, we know uh, the issue with injury severity scoring there. And turns out that if you look at blunt trauma patients only, the disparity actually increases. It gets even worse. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, we did as much as we could to really try to figure out if this was true or not. And I think it is pretty clear that just like other specialties, trauma also suffers from Having a uh, uh, having hospitals that have disproportionately high minorities having worse outcomes, and that's not that really. I mean, it was a surprise to me, and it's, it's probably a surprise to some of us. 
but if you talk to uh, other people who study disparities uh, as a whole, they would not be surprised by this at all, and they would have completely expected this. That lack of resources, potentially, lack of funding leads to lack of resources, leads to lack of outcomes. I li- absolutely, absolutely. And remember, this thing was controlled, uh, you know, for... Uh, not just injury severity using the ISS, but we controlled for head injury. We controlled for you know blood pressure upon arrival. Um, we used some really uh, you know sophisticated GLM modeling to do some of this uh, control. Um, uh, one thing that we didn't report uh, here is that we really looked at missing data and how that made a difference. And we actually did some multiple imputation there to uh, do a sensitivity analysis on that to ensure that we uh, did not uh, have uh, incorrect results because of uh, some amount of missing data. Uh, and we did all this just to be sure because, um, you know, if you look at the authors on this, uh, and I'll tell you a little bit of a funny story here. If you look at the authors on this, the senior author is Eddie Cornwell. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the, I'm sure uh, listeners know who he is. And he, you know, um, helped train me uh, when he used to work here in Baltimore. And now he lives in Washington, D.C. And he was like, so what's the title of your pa- of this paper again? Remind me what the title was. And as we were like talking about the final manuscript, uh, and I said, oh, it's a very benign title because typically we like to have these very, you know, kind of catchy phrases, but this is very straightforward. It's association between hospitals caring for a disproportionately high percentage of minority trauma patients and increased mortality. So it's a very benign title. And he just stops me and says, you realize I'm the chair of surgery of a historically black university's medical center. And coming from me, that is not a benign title. <laughs> and it, and when it was discussed as a uh, presentation at the Pacific Coast Surgical, uh, Ali Salim was the discussant, and he made the exact same point. And it was nice to see somebody else saying the exact same thing, that the real issue here, and of course he made a, a very important point uh, as well, is that there's this vicious cycle of, you know, now that we're going to go for this whole pay for performance and say, okay, we're going to, uh, and we're not really doing that for trauma just yet, but if we start doing that for trauma, where we say that, oh, uh, unless you ha- your outcome's good, we're not going to pay you, well, then we're going to really get ourselves in trouble because these places, you know, need more help. And so if you start taking away resources, they're going to get even worse. So we need to do the other way around, and we need to give more uh, resources and help improve uh, outcomes. And I think this is a great opportunity. So I wonder, and this is completely speculative, but given that we're in 2012 and we're about to vote for president and stuff like that, I wonder what is going to happen um, as the Affordable Care Act, I guess, gets implemented uh, and more and more people are insured. And I suppose at some level at the end hospital system, the system will appreciate an increase in its revenue base. Um, Any thoughts or speculation? Well, I think... uh, and the first thing we need to think about is uh, having insurance for everybody is a very good thing. Everybody should have some sort of health care. Uh, and I know that if we just say that, oh, it's up to the individual and we should just let the free market work, uh, that does work for many things. But we don't let the free market work for childhood education, do we? We say that, no, every kid needs to have a high school education, and we provide that. So similarly, having a healthy country in the long run, is a great investment. You know, and you can figure out how you want to do it. You can do it through Obamacare or you can do it through Romney Care. Uh, but the idea is that having a healthy nation is a great thing for us. Now, how does that translate for you and me as trauma surgeons? If we're going to have healthier patients who get injured, we all know the answer. A healthier patient does better in the long term. So uh, 
that's basically a comment on why having health insurance in general is a great thing for us. Now, how will that impact uh, trauma care? The current Affordable Care Act actually has a lot of uh, incentives to improve trauma care and has significant amount of financing and funding for places that do take care of minority uh, populations. So it's in general a very good step towards this direction. Um, there are also uh, important uh, research initiatives that are coming out of the Affordable Care Act, which I think we need to take advantage of to really pinpoint where we can make a difference, especially as far as trauma disparities go, and then really write those grants as surgeons. And as surgeons, we should be really leading this. We should be writing these grants and uh, figuring out how to improve the system. And then we should say, this is the way to improve the system. And let, instead of having other bureaucrats come and say, oh, well, you guys should be doing this, you guys should be doing that, it should be us. I mean, we, we you know, our, as our, our um, um, uh, colleagues, our senior colleagues, as a group, were the first people who really developed uh, injury severity scoring and trying to figure out how do you improve outcomes and having the TRIST model and saying, okay, well, this trauma center could do better. I mean, this was all created by trauma surgeons, and we should remain on the forefront and uh, you know take advantage of whatever's in in uh, these bills and uh, and write grants to get funding and uh, uh, make a difference. I certainly echo everything you just said. I mean, I completely agree with you. Um, one. Th- point that I found comforting in the paper is that the differences in outcome cannot be attributed to uh, prejudice. I mean, when I first read the title, I thought, how is this impossible? I go out of my way not to even look up a patient's insurance status, and I'm the director of the service, for God's sakes. Um, so how could this possibly be? And, it, and, and I was reassured, I suppose, to find that it's a hospital-wide problem, not necessarily a service-specific and definitely not a provider-specific problem, that we're not wallet-bopsing people on the trauma bay upon their arrival. Well, as much as uh, I would love to believe that, and, and I think the data points in that direction, uh, I think we need to study that a little bit further to really uh, understand that better. And uh, what I mean by that is is that race does not seem to appear to make a difference in this instance here, but somehow insurance does make a difference. Now, it may we don't really check anybody's insurance when they arrive, um, but uh, it may be that, you know, and we always like to say this, uh, insurance is more than the ability to pay a bill. So, I mean, what is your general state of health when you arrive? Uh, and does insurance improve that? And is it a marker of that's why you end up doing better? Or is insurance a suggestion of uh, better education? And uh, you can uh, say what you want, but there are multiple studies that show that uh, being more educated actually leads to better outcomes. Now, is that because of better ability to understand your doctor, the fact that your doctor gives you better care? I mean, I don't know what the answer is to that, Uh, but certainly we know this. So I think the fact that insurance did, again, show that... uh, uh, it is a important predictor of outcomes. We still need to figure out why that happens. So I, I agree and with kind that. of level the playing field. I agree with that. But the insurance, correct me if I'm wrong in understanding the paper, the insurance um, variable really shook out at a system level. So in other words, if you took an uninsured patient and put him in the majority hospital, he did better, almost as well, as the white guy in the majority hospital. Right, it was the hospital system that that was affected by lack of insurance, not the individual patient. Similarly, if you took a Caucasian person and put them in minority hospital, they did worse, even though they were insured. 
So my take-home message was that the insurance matters from a um, uh, capital operating budget perspective for the hospital as a whole, not for the patient individually. Right. I mean, that's the real thing, that uh, if you go to the hospitals which have a higher proportion of minority patients, they uh, have a worse outcome. But within those hospitals, uh, if you went to all the majority hospitals, uh, if you were black, white, or Hispanic, didn't make a difference. But if you were uninsured, you did, did, wor- you did do worse. Uh, so uh, at the global level, of course, insurance makes a difference. But even at this uh, kind of lower level, uh, not being insured uh, was a bigger problem. Now, remember, race didn't make a difference uh, between inside the hospitals, within the hospital uh, strata. But insurance did make a difference. So I think that you know, going to a system, no matter how that system is, uh, where everybody has insurance, is what we should have. And all modern countries have that. I, I agree with you. And again, I found this paper to be uh, uh, just fantastic from uh, making us think about the ramifications of uh, uh, insurance, uh, ability to pay, race, um, following injury. And, and I, I too, once upon a time, thought that trauma of all disciplines would have been immune uh, from, these, uh, from these results. I, I, I think the results are fascinating, to say the least. Well, thank you very much. And it's been a pleasure talking about it. We've been speaking today with Dr. Adel Hader regarding his study, which demonstrated that mortality following injury is related to hospital patient and payer mix. I would like to again thank Dr. Hader for taking the time to share his views with us. This concludes another edition of the East TraumaCast. For copyright information and disclaimers, please visit us at east.org. For the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma, I'm Dr. Babak Sarani.